You're listening to Mental Break with Brian Schrader. Welcome all to another episode of The Mental Break. As always, Brian Schrader here with you. So to kick off the self-care portion, um, I didn't video record today's self-care portion, um, which I've been putting on my uh, Instagram for the simple fact of of lack of time today. But um, in the future, I'll start doing more of those as I head up to this point. Um, But let's really just – today's self-care is going to be a little different than prior uh, in that I'm not going to direct you to do anything specific. What I do want you to think of is, and this is more so focused thinking is what I'm going to call it, you know, not a technical term, so to speak, but just focused thinking. I want you to think about what are some things you have to do today and how are you going to make sure that you're going to get them all done? Will you use a list? Are you just really good memory-wise that you're going to remember everything? thinking about any potential barriers or issues that could pop up. Take a couple minutes, think about this, and uh, when you're ready, join me on the flip side on today's episode. Uh, I look forward to you being there. All right, welcome back, and I hope that you know you really got something out of that, and I think it's important to point out that self-care is not always uh, consisting of taking a deep breath or um, exercising. It's also about planning out your day. Why? Because you can help reduce and or at times eliminate stress by knowing what you have throughout the day. In fact, a type of cognitive behavioral intervention that I have clients do at times is by making a list of things to do each day and crossing them out as you complete them. It also gives you a, a sense of accomplishment. So there's, um, if you don't already do that, there's a skill for you for today. However, transitioning forward, today we're going to focus on, and really I want to focus the next couple of episodes specifically on couples, which is my specialization. Um, For those, this might be the first time uh, checking out the mental break. I'm a marriage and family therapist, uh, certified trauma uh, professional, certified clinical trauma professional to be specific. and a certified hypnotherapist. Um, so there's a lot of different approaches that I take. I've also been trained in a lot of areas such as the, the emotional um, emotional freedom technique um, and a lot of other areas. Um, so cognitive processing uh, therapy as well for trauma um, So there's a lot of different things. So a lot of different pieces I try to incorporate here and there. So when I'm thinking about a show that I'm going to put together, i.e. podcast, I think about a lot of different things. I have a lot of different thoughts. Where do I want to go with things? Where do I think other people may find interest? So there's a lot of that. However, we're going to focus on couples. And this isn't that um, I want to point this out, that it's a lot of these different topics that I'll point out over the next couple of episodes Uh, individuals can take into account and it can benefit them as well. So today what we're going to focus on is the cell phone um, and how it has become so problematic in relationships. Um, I actually found a study um, and a great article on psychology today, and I will give you the link for that to be able to check that out. Um, 
the article itself is called How Cell Phone Use Can Disconnect Your Relationship. A new study finds serious potential for damaging conflicts over cell phone use. This was written by Dr. Guy Winch uh, of the Squeaky Wheel. But the interesting thing is, so this study was done at uh, Brigham Young University, BYU, and it examined how technology interferes with relationships. Um, as a, a therapist who, who, again, works with families, individuals, couples, and everybody in between, one interesting thing there is that um, this is such a reality. It used to be, as the study points out, you know, sex, money, and kids were the main issues, um, and relationships were finding more that cell phone use, and when I say we, I mean those in the field are finding that cell phone use has become quite the issue. Uh, and it's other electronic devices such as tablets, you know, computers, uh, whatnot, uh, video games. There's there's a lot of things that can come in there, but we're going to focus on technology in terms of cell phones. So the study itself had 143 married or cohabitating women, all right? The majority of the women reported that cell phones, computers, and other technology devices were a major disruptor in their relationships couplehood and family lives. Specifically, high levels of technoference were associated with greater relationship conflict and lower relationship satisfaction. Further, it seems greater levels of smart yeah, excuse me, greater levels of smartphone and other relationship technoference makes people more depressed and lowers their overall life satisfaction. Now this makes a lot of sense if you think about it, right? It talks about, you know, the more that these cell phones or other technologies are being used, it's taking away from time with your significant other. Okay, so therefore you have this distraction. It makes, you know, at least sends the message. And I think it's important to light up this idea in your brains. Okay, whether we are saying verbal words back and forth, interacting verbally to somebody else. It doesn't matter. We are still communicating, and that's crucial, crucial. So what you need to remember is whether I'm talking to somebody or not, whether I'm talking to my partner or not, actions do actually speak louder than words. So think about that for a minute. Keep that in your minds, and we will keep going through this. Um, it's really important to understand why that this type of stuff can be such an issue. So the reason that it's so important is, like I said, if one and or both partners are indicating through nonverbal behaviors, or even at times verbally, that we're not interested in interacting, whether that's the intent or not, that's the message being sent, which can then lead to, over time, a reduction in relationship satisfaction, and it can lead to a reduction in life satisfaction. If we're feeling like the person who's supposed to cherish us and who is supposed to be our number one go-to in the world, in many cases, doesn't want to interact with us, it's going to reduce our life satisfaction. Right? And what does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean suicidality, although it could lead to that. It could lead to depressed mood, as it talks about on there. And I always find it important to ask every single client when they say, I'm depressed, what does that mean to you? Because I truly feel it's different for everybody, right? 
but it can also lead to over time divorce infidelity because you're going to triangulate right you're going to bring another person in to help manage some of that anxiety because that's some real problematic anxiety going on right i'm not saying that's okay but i'm saying it does happen so there's a lot of issues with that okay um i know in terms of my work with couples um not so long ago i had a, a couple and specifically i was working with the husband and this was a big issue and obviously there had been ongoing issues for some time which were underlying but there was a major disconnect in that relationship and it led to arguments about other things it led to arguments about uh the use of cell phones it led to arguments in terms of who are you talking to so a lack of trust what are we doing if you think about it we are going from, for some couples, uh, a healthy level of emotional intimacy. Now, what is emotional intimacy? Emotional intimacy, in a nutshell, is when a couple feels like they can talk about their problems openly without being judged negatively. They can problem solve things together. That they are emotionally connected. Okay, and that they are safe in their relationship, that it's stable. So there is an emotional connection there, which also you may be able to hear, you know, the attachment theme in there as well. But when you're getting told that I don't want to connect with you, I don't want to talk with you, even if that's not the intention, again, actions speak louder than words. That's what's being communicated. So you might be thinking, okay, I get it. There's a problem, right? Or you might be thinking, oh, well, this is, you know, this is women saying this and guys don't think that way. Well, that's not necessarily the case, okay? Because I gave an example of a husband, a male, with the, with the exact same feelings as, as the women felt for the most part in the study. Um, and so what it does do, this article, again, you go to Psychology Today and you type in um, the name of the article, which is, again, how cell phone use can disconnect your relationship. I always like to give that information so people can look for themselves. And it gives some ways to, to manage the situation, you know. Um, the problem is if you catch it sooner, like anything else, you catch it sooner than later, you're going to have a better chance at fixing the issue, right? That repair is going to be able to happen. But once animosity really starts to kick in, it makes it more challenging, okay? You think about a snowball. You roll it down a hill. The further it goes down the hill, the bigger that snowball gets. You want to get it before it starts really going down that hill. Um you know, it's always it's always nice, the idea of what can we do. Again, catching it sooner, you can set up times where cell phone use isn't going to be put into place, right? There's not going to be electronics. Like at the dinner table, um, set up times as a couple where, hey, this is our time, and this is when we agree. Again, both couples have to be on the same page. We both agree that we're not going to use cell phones from, I don't know, um, for example, you could say on the weekends from 8 till 
two, no cell phone use. Obviously, there can be some issues there if somebody has a job that's dependent on a cell phone, as we are often tied to those. Um, but the cell phone use isn't just about talking to somebody else that's an issue. It can be texting. It can be Facebook. It can be Instagram. It can be um, you know, chat rooms. It can be any number of things. The Internet is so crazy large, it really makes a, a, a tough challenge to manage. Um, however, if both partners, again, are on the same page, you're not going to necessarily be successful with just one person wanting change. Both people want to, and they have to be able to see it. Um, obviously, there can be expectations to the rule. Um, if you have, okay, from 8 a.m. to 4, or from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday, there's not going to be cell phone use. But, hey, I know your your mom's been sick. She hasn't been feeling good. Okay, well, if she calls or any family members call, then that's fine. Pick up the phone. And that can be an expectation because there's going to be, like with anything else, times where, okay, maybe we'll have to be a little more flexible with this. Um, but again, you're talking about setting boundaries. You're talking about respecting one another boundaries. You're talking about reinforcing the boundaries. So what, what happens if somebody violates the rule? Say that, you know, no family or mom calls, but, you know, your buddy calls, wants to chat. You pick up the phone. You start talking to him. Your wife says, what are you doing? You know, what is the expectation there? And that's going to be uh, important for the couple to define expectations in terms of if that happens. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to talk about, you know, hey, this is what you need to do. But you need to figure that out. Talk about the hurdles before it happens. Pre-plan. That's the way to go. Pre-plan helps managing that situation a lot better. All right. So um, that's, again, a nice article to kind of bring up the topic of the issues with cell phone use in uh, relationships. I hope that, that this has been helpful for people. I hope it's been interesting because it's, again, a topic that I think a lot of people deal with in different ways but not, don't necessarily see it as big of an issue as it is. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's an issue that – Many therapists like myself have been dealing with, um, but has become more problematic over time. I thank everybody for checking out the podcast today. Uh, check me out on, is, you can check me out on Twitter. Excuse me, it's at Therapy for Soul. Um, you can email me at Schrader, S H R A W D E R, clinical consulting at gmail.com. Um, you know, hit me up with any questions, comments. You can also leave it on Anchor if you're using that app. If you're listening on any of the other apps, um, go ahead and, and connect with me on Twitter and or email me um, any questions, thoughts, or whatnot. I'm always open to hearing from people. Uh, I don't get feedback very often, but I would love to get some. Let me know. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Be safe, and I will catch you on the next episode. Take care. You're listening to Mental Break with Brian Schrader. You're listening to Mental Break with Brian Schrader. Welcome all to another episode of the Mental Break. I am Brian Schrader. This is the mental break. So before we get into 
if you saw my video earlier on Instagram, there are two steps to improving any relationship. Before we get into those, let's get into some self-care. And what I want you to do is take a nice deep breath in, hold it for a minute, uh, hold it for a second, I should say, and then release. All right. And I want you to think about what are some of your goals? What are some of your dreams for 2019? 2018's almost over. 2018 is almost over, but 2019 is getting ready to start. And that can be exciting. Shoot for the stars. Just realize you'll have other smaller steps, smaller goals along the way. And be willing to identify that and work those. All right. And I will be right back with today's episode. And we will hit on those two steps or those two key pieces for improving any relationship. Hang tight. <clears throat> All right, so I hope that was something that was good for you in terms of feeling good. And realize with transition comes stress, but there's good and bad stress, but either way we need to be practicing self-care, positive self-care, right? So how are you going to be spending your New Year's Eve? Are you going to be spending it alone with family, friends, at home, out of home? Be safe wherever you are. You know, if you end up drinking at all, make sure you have a designated driver to get you home safe and into a healthy plan. Somebody to call who is going to be sober to be able to take you home. All right. So let's get into it. The final segment on couples for the year 2018. In 2019, we'll be starting with some other stuff. But if you watched the video on my Instagram, which if you didn't, it's under Brian Schrader. Okay, you find that me on Instagram. Just shoot me a message that you listen to the mental break. Um, and I can add you on there and you can watch the video clip. But I hinted it. There's two, not just hinted, there's two things that you can do in your relationship. Pretty much any relationship, but focusing on couples today which can improve that relationship if practiced regularly. The first one is make a plan. So when I say make a plan, think about around conflict, right? So if you and your partner have a disagreement, say that Stacy and John, right? They're a couple and they have a disagreement. And when John gets upset, he likes to go outside and say they have an acre or two, right? And he just likes to go outside and sit on the on the porch and just relax. One thing I want to know is what is he doing while he's sitting on the porch and how is he relaxing? Think about that. Is he taking deep breaths? Is he being mindful? Is he focusing on like the trees, the color of the grass? You know, does he have his shoes off and does he focusing how the grass feels on his feet? Is he, you know, is he going for a walk around those two acres? You know, what is he doing that's helping him de-escalate? And then Stacy, on the other hand, right? What is she doing? Well, maybe she likes to go in the bedroom and just sit down and take some deep breaths. Um, maybe read a book. That helps her calm down, okay? And the other thing before all this, I want to know time-wise. So say that you give five minutes right? You have five minutes and in five minutes you're going to come back together. So this is where some creativity can also come into play because maybe, maybe Stacy's still not over the fact that, you know, her partner said, well, you know what? We're going to my parents' house for New Year's Eve dinner. I don't want to spend any time with your family. And that's upset her. Maybe she's still upset about that. 
all right. So maybe she and, you know, her partner had come up with a while ago. They said, okay, well, in these situations, we're going to use a red card. And if I hold up the red card, that means I need five more minutes, right? And time frames here can, can be flexible to what, you know, you and your partner think are appropriate. But being realistic, so say five more minutes. All right, so in five minutes, they both come back together. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, goodness. So you and your couple come back together in five minutes, but here are some rules during that need to be put into place. For one, nobody leaves the property. Two, no domestic violence, no threats, no no physical violence, no verbal, emotional violence. There's nothing to hurt the other person. You're literally taking time away from the other person for a couple minutes on the same property um, if you're living together, obviously. Regardless, I don't want people driving. I don't want people making any rash and or impulsive decisions during this period of time. Okay, so take that into consideration. And then the five minutes come back together. <clears throat> and another rule is there is no instigating one another. So in other words, you're not going to say to your partner, oh yeah, so it's so great that I can go to you with you to your parents, but I can't even see mine. You know, do I even have any say in this relationship? None of that. None of that, because that's just going to continue. However, you know, getting into the next step, step two, speaker, listener, right? So you have that plan in place. You've carried that through. Now speaker, listener. Since we're going to say ladies first, so in this case, ladies go first. There's speaker. Point of this is they're speaking. The partner is not. The partner is listening. Two things. Active listening. So eye contact, nodding of the head, you know, making sure your partner knows that you're listening. The speaker, I encourage you use I statements, right? So I feel upset because it seems as though you don't want me to spend time with my parents and you don't want to spend time with my family because we have to go with you to your parents, to your family's house and not spend any time with mine. And that upsets me. Example, right? It could be you could put it in your own in your own words when necessary. <clears throat> and then at the end of all that, once the speaker has had a chance to express their feelings appropriately, again, no antagonizing at all. All right, no antagonizing, it will not help. The next step is the listener provides a brief summary on what they heard, no judging, just on what they heard, no filler. Just like we like our crab cakes, right? We want more crab, less filler. So we don't want any filling in this. We just want to hear exactly what the other person says, a little synopsis of that. And then, okay, that's helpful in, in showing that you're active listening, right? You're listening to what the other person's saying by being able to provide a brief synopsis. And then the listener is able to ask any follow-up questions. Again, no antagonizing the partner, just asking questions to clarify only. No making judgments there. And then after that's done, then switching roles, and the other partner is the speaker, and the other one is the listener, and you do the same thing. Pretty, pretty simple, you know, in, in breaking it down. It's important to have a plan in place before anything happens. Right. And when I say that, I mean, you and your partner today should sit down and have a plan. OK, well, if we get into an argument at any point in time, because it's bound to happen, you're going to have disagreements. You're humans. Dr. Susan Johnson 
will tell you. And she wrote about, you know, relationships and emotional focus therapy books. You know, your partners know you better than anybody else and know exactly how to push your buttons. So on one hand, they are the closest people and often the people we go to for help. But at the other side of that, they're also the people that know how to get to you the best. So it's important to have a plan, right? Also can help to keep a situation from getting too crazy. All right, so think about that. Um, but uh, hit me up on Instagram at Brian Schrader or email me Schrader Clinical Consulting at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or whatnot. I love them. Um, you can also hit me up here on the Anchor app as, you know, I'm happy to answer any questions this way as well. Um, again, I hope everybody has a great end of 2018, start to 2019, and a great 2019. Um, the next you know, mental break podcast will be in the new year as I try to do it each Friday, but either way, have a safe new year. Um, and I would love everybody to, you know, again, write down those goals, commit to them. Just know that some will take smaller steps in between to be able to attain that larger one. And that's all right. That's this commitment and use healthy coping and communication skills. Sit down with your partners tonight. Try this out. Let me know your thoughts. And again, a pet peeve of mine is when people are just, well, I'll do something for a week or two, you know, maybe here or there, I'll try it, but not really commit. No, commit to it because you're not just committing to what I'm saying. You're committing to your partner. You're committing to this person who, for some reason, you decided to get into a relationship with them. Is it really worth it? Well, you're going to show it. You're going to prove it. All right, everybody. Have a great and happy New Year. Be safe. God bless.